At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Shovik Das. I'm Leslie Demonte, and I'm Deepthi Ahuja. You're listening to Mint Etc., a podcast where we will talk about important developments in technology and how they will transform our lives, work, and play as we know it. Welcome back to Tech Setra. This is a podcast where we discuss about Deepthi's gadget purchases. and of course the rest of the technology industry i can right now see deepthi frowning at me but we have started the <laughs> podcast on the right note for sure that's true <laughs> yes but beyond uh, such gadget purchases this is a podcast where we discuss about everything technology this is a podcast where we discuss about what's right with ai what's wrong with ai a uh, little more ai then some more ai as well um and that's particularly because um you know ai is pretty much everywhere and every discussion in some way involves artificial intelligence in fact uh, leslie uh, since today morning it's been about 5 hours since i started work i've received about 30ish media pitches for stories of which i realized today and i counted today that each of those 30 pitches have a mention of ai no matter what there have been pitches from chatbot startups to companies doing ipos and everybody has a mention of ai do you sometimes feel that there's an overload of ai everywhere you know it's not really a question of overload of ai the problem it is ai washing because most of right. the time is you know using ai without even understanding what ai is and that is what scares me more about those kind of pitches because you really have to talk about what the company is doing regardless of whether they are using ai generative ai iot cloud edge or what these are enabling technologies so the point is what business problem are you solving we have completely i think lost track of that all these technologies are the means to an end they are not an end in themselves like today you are talking about ai tomorrow you are talking to you are talking about generative ai tomorrow you will talk about ai plus quantum tomorrow you will talk about ai plus synthetic uh, biology plus quantum these things are bound to happen but right. it hits in every pitch when it comes to it gets very irritating and it's actually misleading and doesn't serve any purpose so it is like right. you know, commoditizing something that actually has so much value so i think right. it ends up doing a disservice now that's the way i look at it i don't know maybe dipti how do you feel about it i don't know i'm just enjoying the journey <laughs> so basically um uh, before uh, ai the whole conversation was around other aspects of tech as well and i'd really like to listen to those other aspects as well but if ai is ruling the world at this point of time i also don't want to miss out on that but right AI- By, by that logic ai is everywhere what are we talking it's like electricity today so now i have to tell everybody you know each and every time you're writing a page that okay you know there's electricity also in this i guess That's it's true. right and you know on that note this week rather just this past weekend 
and uh, starting of this week we've we have the mobile world congress happening in barcelona of course this is one of the three big tech events which uh, you're always told about once you start um reporting on this industry the first being ces in las vegas MWC of course is interesting because it's actually an event where a lot of serious conversations around the future of business the future of connectivity and telecom and all of this happens but MWC is also a place where a lot of interesting consumer technology is shown and discussed and i was actually quite happy and i was actually quite excited because after a long time it felt like this sunday was a very old school tech event kind of a sunday where we had you know companies coming out and showing these fancy uh, takes on conventional gadgets you know lenovo for instance came up with a laptop which has a transparent well not transparent but a translucent display uh, motorola showed that smartphone which can bend and fit on your wrist and become a smartwatch you know things like this honor showed a smartphone honor is that company which branched off from huawei after you know huawei was sort of Yeah. Uh, cut down by the US government. So Honor showed the smartphone which uses AI but uh, tracks your eyeball movement to see which app you're focusing on and uh, if you're focusing on a certain app at at a certain point it's going to open up this one particular app that you're looking at. I don't know if it works or not but it sure sounds interesting it sure sounds exciting doesn't it? No, I think it sounds a little creepy. I mean, <laughs> no, it's only going to help marketers. It's only going to help companies sell their products more and better. But I, as an individual, won't want my eyes or my actions to be monitored this closely. What do you say, Leslie? I guess for some people, it's always unnerving. For some people, as it's exciting. It's a matter of perspective, but I come back to again the fundamentals. What is the business problem? Is it uh, it's solving? Hmm. If it's solving any business problem, and if there's a customer need, because at the end of the day, it's always about your customer, always about your client, about about your business need. If you lose focus, then you'll end up doing you know kind of uh, uh, you'll start making contraptions that serve really no purpose. So I am sure you know. Uh, but having said that, most of these companies that. That, uh, display these kind of products and technologies, whether regardless of whether they do it at CES, whether they do it at Mobile World Com- uh, Congress, or wherever they do it, they typically do a lot of market studies. So they do a lot of market research. They understand what are the customer needs. They take a lot of feedback. And today, all said and done, AI uh, does help you, you know, do a lot of analytics uh, with the kind of customer feedback oh. you already get. So whenever you come out with a go, when you come out with a sort of a go-to market strategy you already know what you're doing uh, in most cases at the end of the day let's be realistic about it some technologies will uh, take off some technologies will fall by the wayside yeah. but then the same logic applies to any film like many of these films like bahubali and all uh, i mean whether they expected uh, to become blockbusters or not i do not know but the directors made them all the same and at the same time a film like adi purush which was you know all about ram and sita in a in a time when there's so much fervor around religion flopped so badly so whenever you adding any that's so, true but it was a bad film Because what I'm saying is, when you add a feature, when you make a film, when you introduce any new technology, you would have done enough market research and hopefully enough homework before launching it. 
after that i mean it all depends you know whether the customer picks it up or not but all but that having said that barcelona is a beautiful place i always loved my trip to the mobile world uh, congress because of that so it was always a i mean beautiful cathedrals lovely beaches and uh, it's simply amazing uh, but sometimes i do feel that uh, just because the technology is there it is really being overused like there is i'm not sure if there is any need like there's force feeding of that technology you know in our lives we might not need it as much or we can use it for something that we actually need it for climate change for instance is one of those things that uh, you know i mean recently there was a startup called varaha that raised about 8.7 million usds in C- usd in uh, series a round right and it basically what it does is uh, it helps companies offset carbon footprint by nature based products and they also use large language models they also use technology to ensure that there is less carbon footprint so i'd rather <laughs> talk about ai in that from that perspective what do you guys think it's that's a matter of choice isn't it at the end of the day what you like what you prefer like there are many things that probably the gadgets that you use including the rabbits that you talk about <laughs> not everybody jumping uh, uh, you know to buy the next <laughs> gadget true, that true. i have talking about so yeah. I always feel it's a personal choice. Like, for instance, am I really fond of uh, you know digital watch, which looks after every health aspect, which monitors my BP, which monitors my. I'm not too sure about you know whether this uh, surfeit of gadgets. Yet at the same time, also it could be a factor which generation you belong to. Sometimes, uh, typically, I'm saying there are always outliers in every generation. A digital native will t- it, uh, will you know who is born with all these gadgets will not find this strange. Will find it so interesting, and that is what most of our listeners are. So I I don't know. Uh, right. Yet at the same time, uh, uh, you may want to still have a Rolex with you. because that gives you a very different kind of feel so the best of uh, uh, apple watches that you may have and that i have a rolex i don't know which will you know uh, catch more attention probably when there's everything else is commoditized maybe my the rolex may you know grab everybody's attention but you know I, this is something uh, that i've been sort of trying to say uh, to so many people that you know you buy an apple watch for like 55 60000 rupees Huh? And get uh, it for sixty thousand. I thought it was something like almost like one lakh with all the. No, so there is, I think, the watch ultra which costs around a lakh, but the normal watch costs around fifty, sixty thousand. But that watch will last you for about three years, and after that it goes obsolete because it won't get your software updates and it won't support the latest features. And you know, Apple will come out with an advertisement which will. show you very nicely in pristine 4k resolution as to what kind of features are you missing out in life mm. and once that happens you would want to spend another 60000 to buy another apple watch instead of that if you spend 60000 on a tissot chronograph it's going to last you for i don't know five generations yeah but it may not so you know i i'd say as i said always aspirations and all these are very subjective kind of Uh, That's true. You, you because otherwise the whole economy will crumble. Like, why do you want to uh, like uh, you know buy the latest gadget? Why are some people uh, sort of satisfied with a, a three thousand rupees digital watch? And why is it that some people need an Apple Watch or the Samsung Galaxy? Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
so it it all uh, depend even smartphones for that matter of fact really do you require uh, like say tomorrow they make a translucent uh, smartphone would you want it uh, or the rollable and the bendable kind of smartphones that they are coming up with right they say if i take come up with a smartphone that can be rolled and put into your pocket now then you roll it back and <laughs> do it okay there'll always be probably one segment of that population that may want some thing and look you know looks at it like a novelty but other than the subjectivity the technologies that caught my attention were the so i thought so mobile world Cong- congress is more about two aspects one is the consumer part of it where the products are launched and also yeah. you have underlying technologies the serious kind of technologies 5g iot and all that kind of stuff yeah. in that context you know the ones which caught my attention uh, one was the hyperloop uh, tt capsule which is this next generation high speed mobility experience i think that hyperloops run at about something like 700 miles per 700 miles per would be 700 into 8 by 5 so you do the maths and then you can figure it out then you know the next hospital which is showcasing advances in ai iot frontier materials tele medicine etc those were very interesting yeah another part, another technology was the able human mo- motion which was actually an able exoskeleton for individuals uh, with mobility impairments now this exoskeletons are very very familiar very very mm. uh, sort of common in uh, countries like japan and because this is uh, the, uh, the old age yeah. Uh, the aging kind of population that you have in Japan, uh, exoskeletons are there so that you know it gives them enough support, whether it's a uh, back support, whether it's leg support. So I found those very, uh, you know, Dipti was saying, what is the use of those kind of things? I find these technologies uh, very uh, useful. Yes. Then you know, of course, things like an unmanned Badishtan demand vehicle transforming coffee consumption. Okay, fine. So uh, you know, when you mention vehicles, in fact. Um, I found uh, Google's generative AI announcement to have made a lot of sense this time. Where um, Google said that it's going to use generative AI in its Android Auto platform, so that when your phone is connected to the car, it's going to use AI to read your messages and uh, offer that, a quick summary of not just your messages. That. BMW had already used a generative AI element. Right. Mistaken. They have done that uh, earlier also. So yeah. these, these things have been going on for the past one year. Gemini, I, I think with Google, I think first it needs to get its woke culture straightened out because there are too many glitches in uh, Gemini as of now. Those need to be ironed out first. Uh, otherwise, you'll have the car spitting out sentences. It probably don't make sense. And if my only fear is if the LLM starts hallucinating at that point in time. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, AI I, hallucination in the middle of a drive is not something that anybody would want. Yeah, your GPS does hallucinate. <laughs> my GPS has taken me to a end dead ends and told me my destination has arrived. Yes. And when I got off the vehicle, luckily I had uh, applied my hand brake, else I would my destination would be in a ravine. And there are many people who have ended up in you know in the middle of uh, some farmland or somebody else's property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And says destination has arrived. So absolutely. I think uh, those hallucinations uh, will have to be a little careful. Or say, if you use LLM in an airplane, mm, <laughs> I would be scared. <laughs> so I think we will. You probably be... don't want to use AI while landing an airplane. No AI. Should... No, no. So AI. While flying it. 
ज so there's that whole integration earlier we used to say now we are going to put yes. things cloud then now we are going to put thing on the edge for the benefit of our listeners edge computing simply means getting all running all these llms on edge devices which at the end of the day means the device in your hand whether it's your laptop whether it is your smartphone whether it is any kind of handheld device or your phone or in, perhaps at some point in time when computer power, computing power increases perhaps on your watch also uh, so uh, a lot of stuff uh, will be happening i find it very very interesting and i 5g i think is another technology that uh, has uh, sort of achieved a certain level of maturity as per the mobile world congress thing and that shovik you have been covering 5g for quite some time the last count that i had on those numbers was something like 130 million uh, 5g users in india uh, you know right. uh, be 30 and 1.67 billion global users global users yes five users of course uh, i think uh, the comparison with 4g is uh, it's something like 25x times uh, 25 times faster than 4g my only point is i don't notice it's not a very noticeable difference because uh, yes absolutely kind of you know it it's a fact of how many tower stations you have how many base stations you have so how many towers you have how many base stations you have so all these things count a lot what's your experience of it right so um yes of course uh, you know 5g of course is a subset of technology that has played a key role at mwc and um qualcomm's announced new infrastructure to um upgrade and of course uh, 5g um fixed wireless access points are supposed to increase you know 5g adoption and that's something that we've seen at mwc this year but uh, interestingly of course in the networking space we've seen people already speak about and already prepared for 6g and uh, the future generations of connectivity and not just 6g in fact wifi 7 has uh, has been playing a pretty big conversation in terms of the overall narrative in terms of when wifi 7 might come and how it can help in the entire spectrum allocation issue but the conversation Shavik, one thing I think we should be clear about it that talking about 6G probably at this point in time is a little too uh, ahead of its time for the simple reason that see, then from a marketing perspective and from a technology prepare preparedness perspective, it's actually it's important to talk about these technologies. But at the same time, yeah. with, with every 5G, like 4G, 4G to 5G, 5G to 6G, or 3G to 4G, or 2G to 4, uh, 3G, there's always been that. you know gap of a decade that's typically uh, what uh, telecom companies have uh, uh, you know shown us that uh, right 
So now, Sixty, I don't see the rollouts happening before 2030, and even after whatever, uh, after my talks with Qualcomm and Ericsson and all these other companies, also, and I'm sure that has been your experience. What I would have been uh, would be interested in knowing, um, like how many 5G smartphones do we have actually? I think the entire smartphone uh, 5G smartphone base is uh, somewhere around 150 million in India. Um, but Leslie, what's interesting to note is that in the past few quarters, the number of 5G smartphones that are being sold is um, considerably outselling the number of 4G smartphones, which is showing a clear proliferation in terms of the overall availability of 5G smartphones from, say, until a certain point, it was 20,000 and above. And now it's coming to those 15,000 rupees and 10,000 rupees price points, which is going to further take that 150 million number of 5G smartphones to sort of an exponential increase. And I think that is what is going to expand the entire 5G user base and slowly that that is when the entire 4G user count is going to go down, which as you rightfully said, is going to happen probably in a in the space of a, of, a, of nearly a decade. Yeah, I think it's logical for 4G to be phased out at some point in time because uh, 5G also lends itself more to the Internet of Things. So the connectedness of devices, etc. So 5G actually is also lends itself to the industrial space. So in, it's right. important from that point of view to think about 5G from those uh, points of view. That makes a lot right. of sense. Right, absolutely. But I also want to ask you guys, uh, when it comes to 5G, and I think Leslie touched upon this also, that, that there's not a big apparent difference between 4G and 5G when it comes to um, you using it on your phone. Deepthi, do you use 5G and uh, do you really find a difference between um, back when you used to be on 4G networks and now that you're on 5G? So, uh, the thing is that I haven't switched to 5G yet. There is some problem with my device or something or the other and I just don't get the time to, uh, you know, get it uh, like fixed. But I honestly have not had any issues. Um, you know, I speak to you guys, I speak to different other people. And I mean, there isn't a lot of difference between uh, the time spent searching, researching something, if you have to look up, uh, you know, the internet for something. Uh, in it, my experience, at least. The quality might tell Dipti when you're using hardcore, when you're using Netflix, OTT platforms, or you're using video streaming. Uh, Correct. When you're so, using... In mobile gaming, for instance. Correct. So for me, films has, has also not been if I mean, that is one of the things that I would have just, you know, uh, I would have gone ahead and I would have gotten, uh, you know, the latest tech, I mean, 5G installed. Um, I would have gotten that change from 4G to 5G. If films were an issue, if OTT platforms were an issue, but they're not an issue for me. Really, like, I, I don't know what uh, uh, what's the fuss about, uh, to be honest. In my experience, it has not been an issue. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you because I think with 4G okay. hotspots, you can... My, my point was slightly different. Okay, I'm, a, I'm going to play Contra over here. I'm saying ah. that because you're not a mobile gamer, because you don't use hardcore weed. So, Correct. if you think that, you would have definitely felt it. See, making a call, making a thing, that's not going to help. But if you're running an LLM on a phone, okay, if you're doing those kind of things, then you have to graduate. So, that is where all these, whether it is going to be an LLM-based smartphones, uh, Gen AI, 
enabled smartphone, which will require 5G connection. Those things are bound to happen as you start upgrading the services and start adding more and uh, you know increasing your f- features. So and also. Currently, the noticeable difference is not there, and which was Shavik, my point was uh, limited to that, that I don't think it's not a question of the noticeable difference between 4G and 5G is definitely there. Uh, 5G by way, by uh, any standards is much, much faster. I have tried both 5G and 4G, so I know how it works. But uh, uh, I think what happens is most of the time there are dark spots. And, you know, not enough towers and not enough base stations, which causes the problem. Um, I don't know if you all had any other experience. I think yeah, Deepthi yeah. has uh, something to say. I agree uh, because um, my brother, he's a gamer and he uses, uh, whenever he uses my phone, he has the same, he complains that the phone is slow, right? So, so to your point, Leslie, you're right. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there aren't enough uh, towers out there to support it. And also, uh, you know, then there are the health hassles that come along with putting towers up. So, so people, there is a certain yes. resistance no, even no, no. in communities. No, that's a very interesting point mm-hmm. Shavik, health hazards like wh- why exactly this i would love to hear because now i am curious what exactly yeah, no health hazard? even i want to know what health hazards are we so i don't know but um exactly. so i'm just going to give you i'm just going to give you a small example of uh, how things function in my community where i live right uh, so for the longest time they didn't want towers installed because uh, apparently the Uh, waves or something there is some sort of a risk to health I am also not quite sure because the deeper I go into it the more confusing it gets so so, okay so here for the benefit of our listeners let me clarify one thing please do I am least interested in defending any telecom uh, uh, any telco for that matter of fact I really don't uh, care how many towers they have and how many towers they don't but when we talk about health hazards there are some things that we have to really one is most of what the fear that we have had over a period of time has been anecdotal not backed by data okay so that's one thing very very clear that there's no there's never been some evidence at this point in time there's no evidence so you can look at any of the whether it's the uh, ITU the international telecom uh, agency that the IT world uh, ITU uh, body that is there or you look at data from any credible source for that matter of fact now you can always have this argument that the uh, data is skewed the data is not adequate the data is skewed more towards uh, benefiting the telecoms regardless of that there is one scientific part of it which I tend to explain to people who talk about health hazards how health hazards basically the fear it will cause cancer am I right that radiation will cause cancer okay now let's yes yes, you're right let me address it very simple from a science point of view you can keep on arguing uh, till the cows come home but from a science point of view what uh, the radiation that comes from uh, towers is known as non-ionizing radiation Non-ionizing radiation means it does not destroy your cancer cells, it does not split it, which is what causes cancer, basically. Are we, am I clear about this part of it? So from a scientific basis, yes. this is not ionizing radiations. 
So it is like for X-rays. If you go to an X-ray machine, if you go to a nuclear plant, or you go to something, that is what that kind of radiation causes cancer because it uh, destroys your certain cells that are there and it splits the cells. Now, in this particular case, these are this particular radiation is known as non-ionizing, which is why it is not as harmful as any other radiation. Now, one could. At the same time, have this argument that too many towers together, you know, uh, if they are, you know, in in a particular place, you have too many towers built together. See, first of all, no telecom company will want to build so many towers just next to each other. It doesn't make sense. They'll have more base stations. Why would they have, you know, fifty uh, towers? Shobik, you may want to pitch in here on that how the towers at what distance they are, but. You know, the point is, you could always have base stations, so they don't have too many towers. If you see, the towers are spread over certain distances. And as I said, right. all societies should be clear about this. I know some celebrities also have taken up the call. I won't take any names out here, and you know, sort of mislead people into thinking that this causes cancer, but there's no evidence for that. And as I just said, even celebrities need to understand the difference between ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation. A simple Google search will tell you what it is. So I think yes, absolutely. Some background of science, some effort to you know understand the scientific explanation is also equally important. It's in. before you so, absolutely uh, and so, uh, uh, when it comes to different uh, communities societies right uh, even though there are people out there who will uh, you know do their research and everything it's very difficult to uh, get through the <laughs> politics of it all i remember when covid started um, there was this entire phase where and that was the same time when 5g towers were being set up um it was in process and i remember there was this entire time that um around the world there were multiple of these protesters and conspiracy theorists who started spreading this news or an apparent news that um setting up a 5g cell towers carries the covid-19 virus with the radiation from the towers and uh, and this became a thing where in the united kingdom there were a large number of 5g towers were burned down and vandalized oh, even, even, even in the us am even i hearing the, this right <laughs> even in the us even in the us yes this was this was a thing this was a big thing and it became a rage and even in india i remember i, I was in mumbai when the first lockdown happened and this conversation started happening so um i, I was with the publication i was with at that time they asked me to do an explainer on the truth behind these theories and um, i remember after we published that explainer there was a person who reached out to me on twitter saying that i should be ashamed of spreading fake news because 5g <laughs> cell towers were confirmed to be the reason for which the covid-19 virus spread from china to india and yeah. the rest of the world <laughs> and it was absolutely mind blowing to know that <laughs> you know when people are determined to blame technology for That's, something they are really really determined no it's, it's and, true. always the case you know because uh, 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 dipti uh, this is the way i see it like when we did not understand uh, uh, how clouds uh, worked or uh, you know how thunder and lightning works then we created the thunder god we created a god of yeah. light we created so, a 
lot of rain. It, it, it's bound to, so we, we tend to deify things and we tend to, you know, sort of, uh, we need to demystify and explain all these uh, things. But as of now, I would just humbly suggest to our listeners that please read up about non-ionizing radiation because the energy is not sufficient uh, to, you know, uh, cause cancer or any other such disease. There is no evidence whether you go to the World Health Organization, you go to ITU. Huh, you can, of course, always argue and say that, you know, these uh, 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 institutions are supporting the telecom companies and we don't have to believe them. Well, that's a stand that... Uh, you know, there's no argument against. So I rest my case out here. For now, we are going to sign off on that note. If uh, you are joining us at the very end of the podcast, today we discussed about the fancy gadgets that were unveiled at Mobile World Congress. We learned that we don't really think that a transparent laptop display is very useful, which is very true. It doesn't seem to be very useful. We also learned that the world is getting more serious about 5G. We also learned that Deepthi thinks that funding sustainable startups is very important. And of course, what we've known about her for the past eight weeks, that she will buy the rabbit assistant someday. And uh, on that note, uh, Leslie, Deepthi, if you guys would have anything else to add. No, and that Deepthi is also afraid of radiation from the towers. It's not me, yes. <laughs> Now we also know that she's afraid of radiation. Okay, so... Now we know that she's also afraid of radiation from the towers. Deepthi, just for your information, the office building that you are on has towers and you've been sitting on it for five years or something. I know, I'm not afraid of radiation from towers. Also for your information, the bricks in in your house emit radiation. If you go in an airplane, it emits radiation. Everything emits radiation. But most of it is luckily non-ionizing radiation. Back. Yes. And on that bombshell, it's time to end. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you like what you heard or if you didn't like what you heard, do reach out to us on email or on our social platforms, which will be there in the description of this podcast. And that's it for this week. See you next time. Thank you. Bye. So folks, that's it for this episode. You are listening to Mint Etc. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn if you have any questions. Our handles are in the description. This episode was produced by me, Deepthi Ahuja. It was edited by Amrinder Singh. Catch you next week. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.